I personally think that anytime you can make big view connections, that's super useful. In fact, some people think that the book of James is a commentary on the sermon. That it's James enlightening, explaining, using more words, preaching the sermon. Certainly all of the New Testament and Paul, the Gospels, all of the letters, they're in agreement with what Jesus taught in this passage. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, the church, and the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and today we'll be learning about kingdom citizenship, as we'll be starting a new series focusing on the Sermon on the Mount as found in Matthew 5-7. through This series will be different in that it will be an eight-week study with five daily programs to help you study the Sermon on the Mount in a much deeper and more reflective way. If you want the study material or more information about this series or other resources we provide, you can find them all on our website, studywithfriends.org. Now, let's begin our study. So we're day two of week one. And today we're going to look at the Sermon and the New Testament. What we did last week is we talked a little bit about the Old Testament, mostly about Moses and the parallels between Jesus and Moses. Um, we touched a little bit on how Jesus interacts with the law. We have a whole bunch of work to do with that later in the study because Jesus did it in the sermon. He really hit that head on. So we'll let that be for a little bit. Um, but it's foundationally useful to um, have it in view as we start uh, the study and, and the core text of week one includes he went up the mountain and that's just so reminiscent of Exodus. So we wanted to make sure we touched it. But I think another really helpful, really useful way uh, to process the sermon. And I'll be using that a lot in, in the in the book and in our study. I shorten it to the sermon. Um, of course, I'm talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Um, I thought, uh, I, I certainly have been blessed by uh, running uh, James and the sermon next to each other. Um, let me ask you for some preliminary thoughts. I mean, we all, have, we all have said scripture teaches scripture. We all understand that. Could not agree with it more. Um, talk to me about your preliminary thoughts on how tightly connected the book of James is to the sermon. Was that a surprise to you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was it a blessing for you to be like, oh my gosh, it helps James make so much more sense or did it? Tell me about it. Do you see the, the connections that, that we drew? I can oh, see yes. some, some of the connections. Yeah. Um, but my mindset, James is like James and that's here and that's we're not there yet is mm. where is, is what came to mind really what do you yeah. mean um because James comes so much further after mm -hmm. Jesus's um death and resurrection and I thought like he's just he's he's discipling mm -hmm. and I saw it in isolation really so what do you guys think I thought it was interesting to see the parallels I'd never made that connection before and didn't bother me that James comes later. I did 
I did like seeing the, the parallels made there. Yeah, I should clarify. It didn't bother me. I just hadn't seen it. Yeah, yeah. It was, hard, it was yeah, it was hard yeah. to assimilate it. it. Yes. Assimilate yeah. it. Yeah, that's yeah. how I received yeah, it. She I, was like, wait a minute. It was That's over there. Yeah. Well, can I can I ask you, do you feel like we do that more more than we should, compartmentalizing and artificially segmenting scripture? I don't want to speak for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, so I will speak for myself <laughs> and say, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's re- I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think it's normal because pastors take a text, Bible studies take a text, whatever. You you take a text, you can't do the whole Bible every Sunday. Mm-hmm. But that's why I wanted to do this really intentional foundation building because I I personally think that anytime you can make big view connections, that's super useful. Super useful. In fact, some people some people think that the book of James is a commentary on the sermon, mm-hmm. that it's James enlightening, explaining, using more words, preaching the sermon. Certainly all of the New Testament and Paul, the Gospels, all of the letters, mm-hmm. they're in agreement with what Jesus taught in this, in this passage. So there's no conflict. Um, but it's useful to to think about that. And, and I don't know if it is. Some people think it is. But at the very least, we can see that James took these teachings and said, so in some cases, more words about what, what Jesus said briefly. And that, for me, was really helpful. because And, and we'll look at those together. But other preliminary thoughts? Uh, same, uh, kind of the same response as... As the others, I'm like, James and, uh, really? (laughs) You know, I remember thinking, and I think that's why it took a couple of reads for me when you would give the two verses, one in Matthew, one in James. It took a couple of reads to see what one had to do with the other. Mm. And I think it's because in my head, they weren't supposed to have anything to do with each other. But they are, right? But then after I read it, (laughs) it all does. Oh, okay. Well, now Matthew makes a little more sense. Amen. Again, in the printed study, there's a lot more um, in two ways. One, we talk more about uh, the rest of the New Testament, and also there's a whole appendix with every parallel passage between James and the sermon. So appendix A (laughs) of the printed study here is your opportunity to really dive in. We're going to look at, I don't know, five or six uh, that I selected but there's a whole list of all the parallels between James and the Sermon on the Mount let me ask you guys a quick question before we talk about James what in your church life have you heard if anything about the challenges that people feel with respect to James any particular passage that James holds that people are like wait a minute what is he saying is he in conflict with Say Paul or the rest of the Bible. Oh. <laughs> His, um, uh, he talks all the time about being doers of the word, and and you get into that conflict of faith versus works, mm-hmm. which isn't really there. Tell me more about what you think the conflict is. What what do people what do people say when they read that passage, and what is their argument? Like, what what's the confusion that you've heard people experience? Well, Paul dwells very much on the fact that salvation is through faith and faith alone. Um, 
James makes the comment that faith without works is dead, that you, you show your faith by your actions, which is kind of what <laughs> this whole Sermon on the Mount is about. Right. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes we, we get lost in that feeling that um, works outweighs faith. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really in that statement, I think, that James says that you show your faith by your works that he's not saying that you gain salvation through your works. It's, that's how you manifest what your faith really is. Do you really believe what, what you're saying? Do you live it out? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So an interesting parallel and really an important, I think, uh, tie that binds James and the sermon is they were written to an audience of disciples. There's an assumption you already are a disciple. And so that helps a lot to, again, we're building this foundation with the Sermon on the Mount. What, how, how do we receive it? What is he really saying? How do I interpret it? And it's a very important, critical, can't miss it, must understand the sermon was written and, and spoken and provided for believers. So when he says something, therefore be perfect like your father is perfect, how, how, how am I going to do that? Well, because uh, the spirit of God lives in me. Mm. You can't just open your Bible and read, therefore be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect and be a non-believer and be like, oh, well, then I better get about that behavioral modification program. That's not what's up. And that's not what's up with James. James is speaking to presumptive, you already believe. So this is how you live. This is how you live. This is how you're expected to live. This is what a disciple looks like. A disciple of Christ honors the teachings of Christ, the direction of Christ, which in turn honors the law. The law is not dead because Christ came. The law is alive because Christ came. We are enabled, capable now of laying down the sin. And so that's what both of these Bible passages are leaning deeply into. You're already a disciple. So then live like this. And in the study, we say several times that, that the sort of the thesis statement of the Sermon on the Mount is verse 6, 8, I think 6, 8 or 6, 9, which says, do not be like them. And that's what James is saying. Do not be like the people that are around you. Do not be like the people that don't know me. Why would you be like them? You belong to me. And so I think when we contextualize both the sermon and James in that way, and Paul, who's saying, this is how you enter into the relationship by faith alone, through grace alone. That can be true. And also, James, the sermon, that the call to right discipleship can be true because there are different parts of the journey. Here's how you enter into the relationship. Here's how you behave inside the relationship. And I think that's really helpful because it helps us to reconnect those pieces, especially of the New Testament, that sometimes feel disconnected or might be confusing or skeptics might say contradict each other. They certainly do not. So I think a view of James in light of the sermon and a view of the sermon in light of James is really, really helpful. So I'd love for anybody studying this to always hold that tether together that James and the sermon are really, really closely linked. In many ways, scripture by scripture, as we show, 
but without a doubt in the ethos underneath them, which is you belong to Christ, therefore reflect that in your life. Not the culture, but mm. the kingdom. Mm. Thoughts. What really stands out to me um, in verse one is that, um, from the Sermon on the Mount, is that Jesus went up to the mountain. So he separated himself, but then those who belong to him came to him. He separated himself from those who don't belong to him first so that those who do belong could come to him. Oh, I love that. So So the actual (laughs) physical act of him separating himself and the disciples separating themselves, that's so good. I didn't think about that. (laughs) I love that. Oh, yes. How about... Because it was a crowd. So he he wouldn't have been able to to have just the people that belonged to him with him because there were so many people. So does that mean that if we separate ourselves, he'll talk to us too? I mean, I I can't, I mean, I know that sometimes when I'm alone and I'm talking to God Mm -hmm. and I'm praying, it's easy. It's a lot easier to hear than when I'm in a room with people and I'm, and I feel I need to have a conversation with God. Um, It's a little bit harder to hear just him because I have to focus more on, mentally separating myself when I'm physically amongst others. Mm. I would agree. And it's the chicken or the egg, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have already been separated, I teach you this. And also, as a result of me teaching you this, separate yourself. Mm -hmm. That's good. Reach, girls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so why don't we pick a few? And I'm just, they're all written in the study. So uh, let's look at a view of mercy from Matthew and uh, from the Sermon on the Mount and from James. Can someone just read the two passages, please? Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. James two thirteen, Judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So when I said a minute ago that James is like a commentary on the sermon. I'm not trying to take a theological, I'm not sticking my theological like flag in that. But I'm going to tell you, when I think about the passages that way, it helps me a ton. Because when you look side by side, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Okay, I can meditate on that. The spirit of God can teach me about that. But James teaches it well, mm-hmm. because he's like, let me say that a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. He does the negative. Yeah. Approach. Right, right. Does that help? Oh yes. yes, yeah, absolutely. right. I thought that this parallel was really useful, and and it I, I was surprised too. By the way, when someone said that to me, I was like, "What?" And so you know me, mm. I dived in. <laughs> and that's why the whole appendix A <laughs> has every every passage I could find between the two <laughs> that had a parallel because I could not. I I just could not. I was eating it up. Not only did I love that scripture is consistent and God is yes. God, but I loved the way that it helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's read the next one. Anything about mercy? Does that Did that help? help, help was that helpful yeah, to you? I, I, when, when I read James, I saw mercy very differently than I understood it yeah. up till then. Yeah. And that what I saw was that you dishonor the gift of mercy if you don't show it. If you don't show it, then you don't deserve it in plain English. Yeah. And I had to break it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And... What I love about James, and you said this, is he's actually raising, what's the opposite of mercy? 
judging, mm-hmm. saying, oh, you, you don't deserve blank, whatever. So good. Like you said, Marilyn, he's raising up the, the opposite. Really, really good. Thank you, James. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about peace? Um, Fatima, can you read the two passages about peace? Sure. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And that's from uh, chapter 5, verse 9. And from James three eighteen, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What's the added nuance from James in this spot? The harvest of righteousness. Yes. Yeah. If you're doing this side by side thing, a really a really easy way to find the um, the nugget is to look for the new word that James introduces. So tell me about that in this case. I think this goes back to the conversation we just had about um, James talking about your faith produces actions mm. or works, mm. and harvest is hard work. Mm. It's hard action. It's not easy. Um, to harvest something that implies that you've planted number one something and that it has experienced a period of growth and growth isn't necessarily easy um, when we're talking about people um, and, and, and their spiritual growth. That's so good. That's right. Because I, yeah, the harvest, so you and I saw righteous, like I, I keyed in on righteousness. She keyed in on the harvest Harvest. and the sowing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, 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 Harvest, I saw harvest. You can't harvest what's not in your heart. Mm-hmm. It's got to be there right. for you to harvest right. it. Oh, that's good, you guys. Mm. Okay, more about that? Nope. I'm, what, what are we getting? What is the thing we're pulling up out of the ground? What are we harvesting? Peace. Being children of God. Well, righteousness. Yeah. Oh, yes. We're pulling up righteousness when we plant peace. So, feels like a whole other study. (laughs) (laughs) That was just a minute. I needed a minute with that. But not just our own. Because when you're planting something, it grows and it produces more. Not attributed to itself. So if you're talking, I assume that harvest was chosen because um, in the historical context, many people would have been responsible for growing and planting. Mm. So mm. Um, in the context of the audience, they can relate to planting something, the, their food. Um, and if you plant, let's say, a tree, it produces fruit that may produce additional trees. That's right. After the harvest. Fatima's not going to, I'm sorry, she's not going to out of the park today. You guys all are. You're so right. Oh, my so gosh. Good. Yes. Okay, we're not going to have time to do all of the ones that are even in this day of study. So I'm going to ask you to pick, um, each of you pick your one that, that was really impactful for you. Just pick one. So we're looking, this is the day we're looking at James um, up and against, not against, but up and in concert with the Sermon on the Mount. Um, all of this day of study has parallel passages so which of those did you just really if well, any are we still with uh any with like James. yep you could do trials righteousness treasures god's provision slow to judge ask and receive words in action any of those particularly meaningful treasures kind of okay will you read treasures. those 
Yeah, Matthew six nineteen. Do do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and raw and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And then you have James five, two to five. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth eaten. Uh, your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidenced against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud or crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters, there's that word again, have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. And I just, looking at the two of those, I came up with one line. Your pursuit of earthly treasures will come at a price you cannot pay. Yes. Yeah, get nothing. I love this group. <laughs> I love this group. That's so, I mean, a lot, Jan. there's really it's nothing else to say. It yeah. is a price you can't pay. You can't. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. Okay, Jan preached on that. Anybody <laughs> want to? Okay, we could probably do one. I just don't know what else. There's nothing I can yeah. add to that. You just nailed it. Mm -hmm. Do you think sometimes you, you should read this stuff cheerfully? Of course. Say more about what you mean. When I look at what just the way James put it out there, <laughs> you know, I mean, were you listening? Look, your gold and silver have corroded. Oh, yeah, James. And their corrosion will be mess around. No. Yes. And that's what, yeah, he's like Jesus in the sermon. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm laying it down. Sorry for interrupting. No, that's okay. That's okay. But <laughs> all these things will be evidence against you. Yeah. And they'll eat your... F <laughs> <laughs> so all this stuff that you're clinging to is going to eat, eat, eat your flesh. Yeah. Now, that should kind of scare you a little bit. Doesn't that shake you up a little bit? <laughs> yes. I think that's what you were saying Yeah. as we started building the foundation. She was like, I feel trepidation. Yeah. I mean, the fear of the Lord is a good thing. The beginning of wisdom. wisdom. <laughs> so feeling wow. uncomfortable with the possibility of my veering to the left or the right, as I think in a, it's a very appropriate response to the whole Bible yeah. Yeah. and certainly to these passages that are clearly saying this is how a christian behaves this is and i'm always going to say that this is the power of christ in us that we would be capable of different behavior kingdom behavior not culture behavior we're actually that's it there's many more um, parallels in the study go get them Hi again, it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you found some great truths to apply to your life and encouragement for your faith as you continue to mature in your walk with Jesus. 
We here at Study With Friends are modeled more like a small group. We want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study With Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry, and if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that seems to be a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email address on our website, studywithfriends.org. While you're there, you can check out a myriad of other resources we have that are all free for you. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.